Hello everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of the Game Luster podcast. This is Christine speaking, creative lead and writer here at Game Luster, and I'm joined today by my fellow writer Brennan, Hello. editor Haley, Hello. and last but not least, our editor-in-chief Trevor. Hello. Today we will be discussing upcoming Battle Royale games and news, but first we are starting off as usual with our currently playing list. So this episode, how about we have Trevor start us off. So Trevor, what are you currently playing? Well, I have been playing some Cookie Run, actually. (laughs) I was inspired. Um, So I, I checked it out on the App Store, and that game is cute. Like... Isn't it? I don't know what else to say about it. Like, <laughs> I know as a, a freelance games journalist, I'm supposed to have some amazing, in-depth, mind-blowing analysis. But, like, all I can say is, like, there are things, I'm doing things, and it's cute. Mm-hmm. Now, I did, I got, first I got the first one just called Cookie Run. But apparently the one that you brought up in our last episode was the second one. Yes. The sequel. So then I got that one, and it was a big improvement, yeah. but, like, the whole time I'm playing this, the only thing I care about is just running as that cute little gingerbread man. Like, <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed with all these details, uh, treasure chests, stores, suits, different kinds of gingerbread people you can buy, and, like, it's just, I'm being barraged with all this stuff, and I I don't understand it, and part of me doesn't care to try to understand it like i just want to keep running as that one plain standard gingerbread man like (laughs) when he jumps that first jump you do the expression on his face is just so adorable like he's just so eager to jump like that like it i mean it takes me back i just have this long tradition in my life of appreciating cute things like all the way back to kirby and that's what this was for me like Mm. You were talking about wanting to be competitive and and going onto the leaderboards, and I'm sure I'll get into that, and all that's fine. But like, all I need is is just constantly running as that one standard gingerbread man. The cuteness is enough. I don't need the flurry of details. Yeah. But I have enjoyed it, and I will look into those. I will get more into it. Um, you know, the first one, I just I'm I'm Trevor W on the leaderboards, and the second one, I thought I'd be creative and do my standby avatar name of Benny the Guard with the under... Well, wait, I think it's spaces. No underscores between the words because you can't use them. Mm-hmm. But those are, that's my names on the leaderboards in each. Um, and I'm sure I'll be getting into the competitive spirit whenever I dive back into it. But as of now, like, the cuteness is enough. Trevor says the cuteness is enough <laughs> in Cookie Run. So there. Yeah, exactly. See that? See, I'm glad... I'm actually kind of glad you tried it because I, well, I didn't expect anyone to in the first place, but then I think it's one of those things you have to kind of see it because it sounds ridiculous, but then you try it and you're like, wow, I'm so fixated on this cookie right now and all I want to do is watch them jump and slide under things and it just becomes, I want to call it, an obsession is a little too far, but I'd like your... Um, sort of how you compare it to Kirby because it's that same kind yeah. of thing. It's like you're you're playing it because you want to look at them because they're cute and yes. it makes you happy. And it's like it yeah, it's not the pinnacle of taste and it's not the best game ever. It shouldn't win awards, 
but it makes you happy <laughs> to yes. play it. And that's, it's as simple as that. It's like, it's free and it makes you happy. So that's why I liked it. And that's why I tried it in the first place. And it can be as simple as that because like, I don't, I don't care about looking at the Angry Birds characters. Like yeah. I've, I've never played that game. I don't plan to, but just seeing the little icon of the app store, I knew I would love it. I like looking at that little gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised, though, the second one started out kind of dark. Like, you saw all his little gingerbread pals on that tray, I guess, in the witch's oven. Yeah. And they're all dead, and it's like, holy cow. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's that, that was almost a little too dark for me. Maybe in a way I prefer the first one. Mm-hmm. But otherwise... Uh, I thought the second one was like an improvement, and I'm, I definitely, I, I will try to carve out the time to to dig into it. Yeah. Later on, like this next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the initial story is a bit dark. You get into the other ones, and they're a little bit more playful. Uh, there's actually, it's called Memories. It's like almost a backstory for some of them. Uh, my favorite is the Mad Scientist and their granddaughter, which is when you unlock much later, but. That story, I think, is super fun, and the characters are really cute. Um, they're like these cookies that want to be rebellious. They don't want to be sweet, so they're like wasabi and mustard flavored. And Ugh. Yeah, and, and you like have this little Jeep with like wasabi and mustard frosting cannons, and you're like shooting at things with it, um, and like obstacles and stuff, and that, that one was really fun. So, And it's not a, nearly as dark as running away from being eaten or <laughs> cooked or something. I did see that uh the the doctor wasabi thing or whatever but um yeah like I I just I would I would like to just stick with that premise of the witch mm-hmm. and the one gingerbread man. I'm simple-minded Ooh. like that. This game just brought to the forefront once again how at sometimes I can just be so simple-minded because again I have no more in-depth analysis besides, you know, it's cute. Yeah. Like, that's my review of it. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> well below the word limit. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Um, how about Haley? How, what have you been playing lately? Any cookie run or something with a bit more um, acceptable in the gaming community, I guess? Uh, currently, I'm playing Stardew Valley on the Switch. Oh, very um, nice. I I picked it up in December, and I have been extremely addicted to uh, creating my own farm and chopping down trees and wooing village people. <laughs> uh, what what kind of like? Can you talk a bit about your avatar, like your the name you picked and your farm name and those different things because a lot of that game is like customizing so when i have the chance to customize an avatar i usually go for something that is that represents me or is similar to me because i like putting myself into the game Mm -hmm. um so i just use my name and then for my farm name uh it's kind of embarrassing (laughs) um so I named it the Moista X Farm after <laughs> a K-pop group that I love dearly called Monsta X. And as a running group with my friends, um, we call them Moista X <laughs> because we're girls and we like attractive men. 
Oh my yeah. god, that, Excellent. that takes me back. <laughs> I mean, I, I applaud your choice, because, I mean, at least you're not naming it, like, Exo Ranch or something. Then maybe I, I would judge you a little. <laughs> I'm just joking, but... Um, and then... I think that one went over my head. <laughs> K-pop, K-pop goes over a lot of people's heads, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> That's why I was okay. like, I don't know if anyone's going to think this is a funny <laughs> joke. But... No, I was I was super into K-pop around 2012, and then it became the sort of running joke in college. We were all like, oh, I'm into the good old K-pop, not this like new EXO crap. And then, like, So I guess it's more of a half an inside joke. And then half a K-pop joke, but an inside joke within an inside joke. Yes, it's mm. it's inside jokeception, I suppose. Um, exactly. Yeah. What What about uh, Stardew Valley? Do you think you like the most, though? Because I'm also curious about that. Because I know I played Harvest Moon a lot growing up, and Stardew Valley has so many more I don't know levels to it. There's there's like mining and adventuring and there's also the farming, the romancing, the fishing, and there's like a wizard tower. Like there's all this stuff going on. So what is it you like most about your Stardew Valley experience so far? Probably just like unveiling and uncovering all the secrets because I knew nothing about Stardew Valley when I first got into it. So then I started reading up on what all there is to do, and I was like, hey, like this this sounds like a game that's going to take me a while to finish, and I enjoy just like coming home at the end of the day and turning it on and being able to play it and then put it down, walk away, and I haven't missed anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. I know exactly what to expect the next time I play it. And I I personally really like that. Like, it's really simple. There's not a lot of thought that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to grind out for tw- a whole 24 hours to get somewhere. It's just it's just really simple and easy and laid back. Yeah. And it's and it's like a really stable thing, because like you said, it's always going to be there. Um, and it's like yeah, at the end of a long day. You just want to go on your farm and play around and not have to think much about stuff. I think that's like a really appealing part of Stardew Valley. And I was really excited to see that it came out on the Switch because it was just on Steam before. So I think the Switch, I think it matches it really well. And probably, I don't know, I haven't played it on the Switch, but it seems like it would match the Switch really well and would be like a fun experience on that console. I didn't play it like I'm not a massive PC gamer Mm -hmm. because before I got my PC I just I had my laptop so seeing that it came out on the switch just it made me want to play it more because then I could take it anywhere that I could go and just play it on the go rather than having to sit in my room for hours Mm. and play it at my PC I see I think it's, I'm kind of weird because I don't have a Switch, and whenever I imagine it, I always just imagine sitting in my room playing it. I've never imagined taking it anywhere, but I think a lot of people who've talked to who have them really like the portable aspect, but for me, I don't know, maybe I'm just a hermit, but I just always imagine sitting in my room, not going anywhere. (laughs) You're not alone. Oh, that's good. 
I when it, I always imagined it in exactly the same way. I never thought of it as a portable system, so one hermit to another, I guess. <laughs> I brought it on the bus once going to work, and I was just so nervous that I was going to drop it or someone was going to swipe it out of my bag when I wasn't looking, so ever since then it kind of deterred me from, from taking it out places, even though that's exactly what it's meant to be. But I just, I can't, I just feel like I'm going to drop it. And that's, yeah. No cloud saves. I'm I'm so clumsy that I'm I'm just afraid that I would drop it or shatter it or lose it or something, and it's not as as portable I would say as smaller devices like yeah. portable gaming for me I might use my phone, um, even my DS I usually stay inside with it, which <laughs> did not help in not losing it because a mm-hmm. uh, small kind of side note here I lost my DS. Um, for about three months recently and it was like a new one I had just gotten and everything a new 3DS and then it just disappeared one day and I was like did someone steal it out of my room because I don't go anywhere and um, it was behind the padding inside of one of my suitcases I don't even know how it got there but I was like well I'm never taking this anywhere because I managed to lose it within my own house so I can't imagine like <laughs> taking it on a plane or something well and there's there's no find the DS app like <laughs> yeah. do they have one of those <laughs> I was like I need to get one of those little uh, keychains that you can attach to things and then it'll tell you where they are and I should just attach that to like my DS and my phone and five other things but then knowing me I would just lose the locator uh, and I wouldn't yeah. be able to find anything. So, yeah. how do you locate the locator? Uh, then you a have a question. separate one for that. <laughs> yeah, and you lose that, and uh, the whole thing just falls apart. It all falls apart. I just keep it like a key on my neck <laughs> to a box where I keep the final locator, and turns into this whole puzzle quest just to find my DS. I can see that happening, though. There has to be some app for it. There's an app for everything, though. Yeah. I mean, you can find your iPhone, so I just wish Nintendo would be like, here's a find your DS button, and it just, like, blares a signal or something if you connect online. That would that would be nice. I don't Maybe know. it'll be a part of their new online service. <laughs> Who knows? It is, it'll make it a little more worth it. They're like, we'll put a locating beacon inside if you give us a buck fifty a month. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, like, what would it say? Because you imagine Nintendo it wouldn't just be like a beeping noise or something. It would need to be saying something. Like Oh, it would be Navi. It would just be Navi saying, hey, listen. <laughs> it would just be so annoying. You'd have to find it. Or I always imagine it like super polite Japanese, like you hear when you're like getting off a subway in Japan. I imagine it would be that kind of voice, just being like, yes, your your DS is missing, and it is located here. Just like the most polite Japanese female voice but that wouldn't I, I wouldn't be able to find it very well <laughs> I think it should just be Navi screaming louder and louder slowly and talking more and more and then I, I finally find it and I was like I'm headed to Saria right now <laughs> so like I guess like <laughs> like Waluigi would be at the bottom of the list like his well it would ensure you would never lose it again like That's if you hear true. that voice yelling at you you would never lose it again. Problem yeah. solved. Yeah, that that would solve the problem real quick. If, if I had Wario yelling at me, I would never lose it. Or uh, Pikachu. 
right. Pikachu. Imagine a constant Pika Pika. <laughs> and I like Pikachu. I'm just saying, like, as much as I like Pikachu, the Pika Pika and Smash Brothers can still get to me. Yeah. <coughs> you can have Pikachu, or it could just be, like, the Pokemon model, and it could just say 3DS in, like, a cute little voice. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> or they could implement... Like AR with Pokemon Go, where you see the little holographic Pikachu leading you back to it. You could use your iPhone, oh, and it would show it within the real world, and you would have to follow it. You would follow it to the 3DS. Like this new app, AR app, DS Finder. It could be part of Detective Pikachu. There we go. All right, let's see. What about Brennan? What have you been playing lately? Um, recently, I have been getting back into League of Legends. I've taken kind of a break. I haven't played in, like, uh, about a year or so, and a couple of my friends dragged me back in, and there's been a whole lot of changes. Um, a lot of my old favorite champions, because of the ever-changing meta, I am not able to play because of item changes and just tier list changes, so I feel like I have to relearn a game that I've already been forever teaching myself how to play. But other than that, um, I've been playing a bit of Assassin's Creed Origins. been digging that a lot lately. Oh, how's that? Um, it's pretty good. I, um, I've played most of them, excluding Syndicate and Rogue. I played a bit of Unity, and I, I just wasn't... It wasn't for me. I didn't really like it as much. But I've been playing Origins a lot, and it's reminded me a lot of uh, Black Flag, where it's just this big, massive world, and they go, do whatever you want. And so I'm just plundering outposts, mm -hmm. looting, killing animals, doing all the, the side stuff before I even touch the, um, <laughs> the main story. I wanted something similar to Breath of the Wild, and they're almost carbon copies, I would say, in terms of uh, the, the sword and board kind of combat mechanics and just being able to be like, here, just go play in this massive world. So I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's, it's been a good break from Breath of the Wild since I finished that, and... It's reminded me a lot of that. Oh, wait, there's yeah. a lot of like exclamation uh, points sort of on the map, and it's just like I have to find really everything. Fun. I have to go to every one of those and pick up the little chest that gives me plus one attack or <laughs> to my sword or whatever, and it's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds like you're like super completionist when it comes to games. Sometimes, yeah, it 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 has to. There's, um, I never liked the, the first two, or the, yeah, the first two, I think you had to find all of the feathers, but that didn't really, it didn't give you any incentive to find the feathers other than an achievement or a special cutscene, but all of these little objectives that you find, you get the XP or you get loot, and it just, it makes everything feel more worth it. Um, I, I want to complete my character, I want everything to be legendary gear status, and that will actually help me do it, rather than finding meaningless feathers that my little brother told me to find yeah it's kind of like um when it comes to things that are worth it and aren't worth it it kind of reminds me when i was replaying uh orcarina of time on the ds port and getting the giant sword is something that i always try to do and even though it's like you have to go through all these things and get the frog and get the eye drops and it's all timed but then if, and you have to get to a certain point in the game to even be able to get to that. Um, but it always felt worth it because I just wanted that super mega sword 
Um, even though it's kind of funny to me because after all the master sword, it's like I end up just using this giant sword. But but then you come to things like collecting all the pose to get, uh, I think it's an extra bottle. And I rarely finished that one out of the times I played it. I did it like the one time and I was like, eh, this extra bottle is not really doing much for me. It's worth it if I have lots of free time, but it's not like enough incentive. So yeah, if you just unlock something small or you just get an achievement, but if it's like you said, you're getting a lot more out of it, it's definitely worth it to, I don't know, explore more and get all the little things. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And what about, since you mentioned League, can I ask you, who who are your main champions when you play? Um, I used to play a lot of Wukong, and I would just take him up top. But there've mm. been there's been a change in the meta where Bruiser characters really aren't viable as much anymore. Um, it's explained to me that the meta is more assassins and tanks. So if you're going to play Wukong, you either have to play him as an assassin or a tank. And... Um, I just, it's not really, I don't know, I, I, I had a set build for him, and I'm, I'm very traditionalist, I guess, where I'll just find one build that works and just never experiment or change, but I've had to adapt. Um, last night, I've been, I've actually been playing a lot of Udyr lately in the jungle, he's one of my favorite champions, and uh, it's kind of fun, and I'm starting to expand more into support roles. I like playing Thresh, Blitzcrank, and Leona, a lot of mm-hmm. counter, or, yeah, crowd control, um, just like stunning people yeah. and just messing with them. It's just so much fun. <laughs> I've never been good at playing support myself. Uh, I'm just way too, I don't know, I always like to just charge in. So I always end up having to be like a tank or something, any game that I end up playing. Yeah, it, it took me a, I still don't know a lot about support, especially with the whole trinket thing. I Apparently that was a big change, and I always forget to change my trinket, and people will complain. They're like, why is no one taking the sweeper trinket to destroy other wards? And it's like 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, my, yeah, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just, <laughs> I'll just keep throwing down more wards to, to counter that, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's just been a lot of practice, yeah. a lot of... I, need, I realize I need someone telling me what to do at all times. Um, if I'm playing League and I don't... Mm-hmm have someone just barking orders at me, I'm just going to mess up and do a lot of stupid stuff. Uh, but if I have someone go, Brennan, go go cue that Sona, I'm like, on it, man. And then I just rush, do that, what next? <laughs> um, and then we win. But when I'm on my own, it's I'm like a lost puppy. I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Just tell me what to do, please. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that good to be autonomous in League just yet. Not like I used to. Mm, yeah, it'll take, it'll take time because games like that are always changing yeah. so much. Um, out of more of my curiosity, I'm curious about, um, Trevor and Haley, what type of roles you guys prefer to play, um, in games, if you're more of, like, just a DPS, or you like support, or you like being more of a tank, where do you tend to lean when you play games? I don't, I don't play a lot of, uh, games that are, that are similar, um, to League, um, I guess the only game that I really played that had any sort of role would be Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, when I was creating my character, I went for a rogue, so I guess that would be DPS. I'm not really sure. Um, 
I I'm the type of person that likes to run in there and just fuck shit up because that's the way I am. (laughs) Like I I don't care if I die. I just want to go in there and kill as many people as I can because I'm not good at sneak attacks. It just it doesn't work for Mm -hmm. me. I can't be a medic because I want to be in the action. I want to be front and center, Mm -hmm. killing everyone while everyone else does their own thing like that's just that's the way I am and I I did play League for a couple months with one of my friends and it went poorly (laughs) because I didn't understand anything about the game and I still don't yeah um but like I I definitely tried um we would always run top lane together and then people would yell at us because we weren't helping them out and we were doing everything ourselves yeah it's like such a those types of games it's such a team effort that if you're not really like into playing as a team it can be really difficult and especially if you don't really know much about what's going on and then there's like this assumption that you do it's like, why are you doing this? And then they're using all of these, like, shorthand terms. And you're like, I don't even know what you're saying. What am I doing wrong? I killed the guy. Isn't that enough? Like, especially as newbies who were playing on their laptops in a college dorm with no headsets, mm-hmm. no microphones, and mice that they got from the dollar store. Like, we <laughs> yeah. we definitely tried our best, but in the end, like, we we just kept getting fucked over, for lack of better terms, because we were getting all these veteran players that were making new accounts and then just yelling at us for being terrible players. And we're like, well, shouldn't you guys be playing on, like, your old accounts while we swim with the new fish in the pond and mess everything up like they 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 shouldn't have been complaining i mean if you're starting over a new like you have to i mean you have to know what you're going in for you have to be willing to tolerate new players like that's it's kind of a jerk move i think to be a super veteran and then start over with a new account and and treat others like veterans I I was kind of lucky because I played League when I was living in Korea, and I didn't understand half of what people yelled at me, so it didn't bother me. There you go. (laughs) Like, they could be insulting me right now. I wouldn't even know. I'm like, cool. For all you know, they were saying, hey, you're such a wonderful person. Thank you. I love playing with you. You're great. Wow, you did such a great job. Good on you. I was like, I'm going to just imagine that's what they're saying. Okay, and then, Trevor, what do you usually go for? Well, I am the Lone Ranger. I am a man of my own. And I think that manifests itself most in that I rarely play team games online. In fact, the most recent online game, the only one I've been playing, is Quake Champions in Deathmatch. And I even play as the character named Ranger. So I am totally... I am the Lone Ranger, and it's a long tradition... In my gaming life, if I either I play with close friends or I play deathmatch, like it's one or the other, and I'll I'll veer out of it at times. There have been some rare exceptions, but it's it's just what I prefer. Um, so I, I don't have any any league story or any Overwatch story or or anything like that. Just uh, nothing but Quake Champions deathmatch. I main ranger. 
I like to get the rocket launcher and and get up on people. <laughs> um, I've made my starting weapon the Quake One model nail gun, which, well, to back up a little bit, uh, in the Quake Champion store you can buy models for different weapons that resemble the Quake One models, which is a cool little nostalgia kick. But they all they also fire a little bit differently. So, um, in case you're interested in and how the nail gun works in Quake Champions, you can replace it with the Quake 1 nail gun, which they call the Oscillator. Hmm. So I've made that my starting weapon. And even though it's my starting weapon in my most recent play, I, I did pretty well with it. Like, even if I picked up the rocket launcher, I would switch back to it. And just, whenever I found someone, you just strafe back and forth. So key, if you're unfamiliar with it, so key to Quake's gameplay is strafing. Like, if you've got... Hmm strafing and strafe jumping down you've got down half the strategy yeah so i'm doing that with the oscillator um and the ranger character and his his character is actually like the original quake one model that was the player character in the first quake so it's it's kind of like that core uh quake guy player um which is one mm-hmm. the main reason why i play as him but also I, I like his movement his armor and health is is pretty well balanced um and I, I, of course, don't want to get too much off into a, a Quake Champions tangent because this is just about my style online. But um, suffice it to say, he does have his ability, his passive ability, it has him take less damage from um, his own weapons like the rocket launcher, which allows you as him to, you can more frequently rocket jump, which is also key to the Quake experience. I think it's 25% less damage he takes from himself. Oh, that's a good amount, too. And he also casts this thing, his active ability, he, he casts this thing called the Dire Orb, which is a throwback to a Quake 1 thing called telefragging, where when you teleport right where someone is, you, you kill them, or you make them blow up as it is, and, and you you jib them, you telefrag them. And so I love casting that at people, and if you do it just right, you spawn its little orb, you throw it, and it lasts a few seconds, and when you hit the button again, you spawn where the orb is. So if you throw it at someone and spawn right inside of them, you get them. And the little reward the announcer says is Deadly Slipgate, which is another <laughs> Quake 1 reference, because in Quake 1, um, all the teleporters are called Slipgates mm-hmm. um, and all that. So anyway, um, yeah, so my role, uh, Quake Deathmatch, like Lone Ranger, man of my own, you know, I, I work for no one, I work with no one, I work for myself, <laughs> etc., etc. I um, work alone, kid. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I like to be DPS, I, I mean, mainly referring here to playing World of Warcraft. I've, I've always been, like, mainly DPS, melee, and could never really be support. I tried being a support um, shaman and could not do it. And I tried being a support druid and I could not do it. And then I made my um, death knight tank um, and I would change specs between DPS and tank. And I loved doing that. My brother would be a healer and I'd be a tank and we could get in groups in like a second because like everyone's always looking for healers. But I I like it because I like to just barrel in there and I'm like, well, they can't kill me and I'm supposed to barrel in there. So I'm the tank and just grabbing everything off of everyone else. And 
but then if I'm if I'm by myself, I'll just barrel in and usually end up dying, but I have fun with it. My my philosophy whenever I played games, whenever I'm choosing traits and it's like do you want to be have more defense? Do you want to have magic? Do you want more strength? And I always always used to tell my sister, I was like, "Well, they can't kill me if they're dead." So I'm just going to go full strength. <laughs> And the, kill the best everyone. defense is a good offense. Exactly. Yes. So she would always choose defensive stuff and be like, they can't, you know, I don't want to die. I'm going to choose all these defensive things. And I was like, well, they can't kill me if they're dead. So I'm just going to put all my points into strength. And that's always been my strategy. Uh, maybe not a great one, but yeah, still, still what I like to do. Yeah. So we've gone through everyone except myself and um, I'm going to change completely because we've been talking about all these different games and death matches and stuff. Um, completely different type of game. Uh, last podcast I mentioned there were two phone games I was playing and completely went on a tangent and did not get to mention the second one. So this time I'm going to mention it and it's, I wouldn't really call it, I don't know, it's not really an active game. It's, it's kind of, it's very passive the way you interact with it. So it's kind of on the fence of being just like an interactive application and a game. But I'm going to just call it my currently playing. Um, so there's this game called Tabikeru, and it's a Japanese game. Um, it means Journey Frog. And uh, it's from, it's from um, Hit Point Co. And they made one some people may have heard of the Neko Atsume kitty collector game. And that was a game, it was pretty popular, at least um, in my friend group it was pretty popular. You just put out, you have this yard in the in the game, you put out stuff and cats come by, and they basically like have a little guest book of all the cats that have visited you. And they came out with this new game, and my friend was like, you need to play this, it's totally your style. So basically in this game... It's not a pet. You have this frog, and he's your friend, and you can visit him, but he's not your pet. And they make that very clear, which is what I like about this, because it's not like a Tamagotchi virtual pet game. It's more like there's this living thing going about its business, and you get to peek into its life occasionally if you want to. And you can help it in ways, but you're never going to be directing them or telling them what to do. So I like the freedom of it. And so in the game, you get this little frog and he likes to go on trips around Japan and he has a little backpack and you buy food and things and put it in his backpack, like good luck charms and different journey supplies. And depending what he has is where he's able to go. And then they send you postcards and different things in return. And it's it's so autonomous because sometimes he won't even be there. I'll check in the app and he's gone. And the app will just be like, he's on a trip. You can come back later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And at first I, I was kind of, I don't know, put off by it. Um, because I was like, well, I just, I want to see my frog. Is that random? It's It's kind of random. Like sometimes he'll be gone for a whole day. Sometimes he'll be gone for an hour. And I just get this little message on my phone when when he's returned or when I get mail from him and I can go and check my mailbox. And it feels like having a pen pal in Japan 
except that pen pal is an adorable little frog. I don't know. And I, I just love it. Uh, the, the downside to it is it is fully a Japanese game. It is completely in Japanese. And so I did, basically I spent an entire day going through this game, translating roughly, translating everything in this game, um, which like small social media plug here. I, I put on my personal blog, um, sort of a translation of this game. So the first day was definitely a huge learning curve because I was trying to figure out how it even worked because all of everything was in Japanese. But now it's so simple. I've gotten to the point I can navigate through it just fine. But again, it's a simple game. It's cute. And it just feels like having my own little pen pal and I get to send them presents and they send me presents and Sometimes they'll go to very different places, and sometimes it's the same place they've been before. So it's just this, I don't know, a nice part of my day. Uh, almost almost what Haley was saying about playing, uh, now I can't, Stardew Valley, there we go. Stardew Valley is it's like at the end of the day or middle of my day, it's nice to go and have these little postcards and presents and stuff that are sent to me as like a thank you, even though it's just this little virtual frog. But, like, it, if he does just at random, goes off and isn't available, like, is that ever... Because to me, like, that could really affect you, like, if the first thing you do when you get home from work or school or whatever, if you want to, you know, check out, check this out, if he's unavailable, like, is there something you can do instead of directly interacting with him? Like, can you see letters he left? Or is it just like, oh, you know, at random, he's unavailable, I can't do this now? Uh, so sometimes he'll be there and he'll be doing stuff in his house. He'll be like reading a book or eating or something. And other times he'll be off on a trip. And usually when I check in, because I only do it a couple times a day, there'll be mail for me or there'll be um, some little gifts. And then also they have friends that stop by and their friends are like bees and snails and stuff. And you can give the presents that the frog has given you, like little snacks and like strawberries or whatever he's sent you, and you can give it to them as his house guest. And you can be like, oh, he's not here. Here's some like strawberries. I'm sorry that he's not available. And then they'll give you some sort of gift in return later. So sometimes I was, I was getting a little bit, I don't know, it was kind of stagnating a little, the game, because he was, he was going to the same places or, and he wasn't around. It sounds like I'm talking about, like, a depressing relationship or something. Ah. He's never around. But um, one time I stopped in, and there was this bee there, and then they had never shown up before after playing this game for, like, two or three weeks. And it was, like, this little surprise. And so now I kind of like to check in because I never know. Like, I heard a rumor there was, like, a different friend that might stop in. And so I go and check and see if there's any friends and... He has a little garden, and you can, like, pick stuff from the garden and try to get, like, four-leaf clovers as good luck charms. And so there's a couple things you can do, but the interaction with the game is so limited. It's only, like, a minute a day at most after you've done the initial setup. So it's very passive game, but it's, like, a nice little highlight to my day or, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm feeling kind of upset today. I'm just going to go visit and look through my postcards of this little frog traveling around Japan. Do you know if it's being constantly updated? 
I think it's it's being updated fairly regularly. That's the thing is so many I have just enough Japanese to be able to play the game, but not enough to read any of the updates. So I'm like, I don't know really what's going on with the development of it, but um it seems like like they're adding different things and changing things because like I said there was a new character just showed up that had never been there before and I'm assuming it's because I had updated the game or I had advanced to a certain point where they appeared and I think as time goes on they'll add more just like they did with their Neko Atsume game they kind of added more cats and added more ways to interact with them over time so I think it could kind of change and update a bit in the future too and what was the name of it again it is tabi keru which is t-a-b-i-k-a-e-r-u it's also just called um journey frog it's their like rough translation of it basically well like um you know there is the language barrier as you mentioned um i take it you just have like an elementary understanding of japanese going in is that correct I, I have a basic understanding of Japanese, and I was able to... It was a very long process. I There's some parts I could read. The ones I couldn't, what I had to do is I took screenshots, I put them through an OCR, turned it into text, put the text through Google Translate, and then the words that Google Translate couldn't figure out, I had to figure out what they meant. So that's why it was a full day's work just translating this... Um, app because it was a lot of steps but the basic buttons and things and I was like okay I get it this is home this is menu this is settings but I think once there's also lots of icons so I think once you know in general what everything does it doesn't matter the language barrier is basically gone you just need to know which buttons yes and which ones no at one point so you wouldn't like like if someone's listening to this and they've never studied Japanese they're thinking hey I want to check out this game like would they be able to or is the language barrier too much if you have no like no pre-existing knowledge of the language I think uh, as long as you go online and look up just a guide which there are several at this point um, and you read through that just spend a little time reading through that you'll be fine so when after a while I think after maybe a day of playing it you would be completely fine on your own just playing it you don't need to know Japanese because it's so simple and the game, how you play it is so simple. I don't feel like you need to really understand Japanese to play it. And like I said, if you just find like a guide online, a lot of people have translated the buttons. And once you know them, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Like tap here, buy the food, put it in his bag, and then go. There's only a few buttons to begin with. So I would say if you're interested in it, you could definitely check it out. It might be a little frustrating at first um, if you don't have any sort of background or guide, but I think it's easy for someone to follow if they have no prior Japanese experience. Okay. Now, um, was it was this a free bubble game or, or not? It is free, yes. Okay, okay. Basically, I was just going through finding free games people had recommended to me one day. This was when... Um, See, people might be wondering why I played so many mobile games recently. It's because of my story of me losing my DS. I didn't have that anymore. I had just, all of my games I had bought recently for, were for the DS. I lost it. 
So I was like, well, now I have no money and I have no DS, so I'm just going to play these phone games everyone's telling me to play. So Well, it, you found some good ones. Yeah. I, I might I, I might check out this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, you said it's cute. Yeah. And as I said, cute. the cuteness is enough. Yeah, I think the cuteness is enough with this one. Do they have any plans to port it over to English? I think if it's popular enough, they might, because Neko Atsume used to be completely in Japanese a few years ago, and now it's in English. So I'm hoping that this one will also eventually, as it garners more interest, kind of, they'll eventually translate it. Yeah, I played the Neko, the cat collector. Uh, I thought that was really, really fun, but almost too passive, but, you know, yeah. that, that could appeal to certain people. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like not a big investment and it might not last forever, but it's like if it makes you happy for a little bit, then cool. At least you didn't like spend 20 bucks on it. Yeah, so that's that's the game I've been enjoying. I like it when he's at his desk writing with his giant quill. I think it's adorable. So I'm always trying to like catch him at his writing desk. But yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, if you have if you have a very stressful life or, you know, anxiety or something. It can be kind of a good boost to your day and kind of a nice little virtual companion for you as well. Oh, well, then you saw me right there like I've been needing <laughs> something more. Like, there's a, there's another reason I got Cookie Run. I don't want to get into it, but um, I, I'm at a point where gingerbread men and frogs can really, really do me some good. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, so, yeah, this this game kind of... It came in, into my life at a point where I was like, I need something to help me with all of this going on, and it, it helps me. And, and, you know, for some people it might not, but for some people it might. But I think it's definitely, if it, it sounds interesting to people, it's worth checking out and just spending a little time. you got to name him, at least, so you just spend time with your little buddy. So you do name him? Yes, you do get to name him. Okay. might not be his real name, but at least it's what you call him. Because he's not your pet, but... Yeah. Okay. I guess you could call it almost like a nickname, like your friend. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing, and let's see, going into our discussion for today, now that we've all talked about what we've been playing, um, completely different, we went kind of went off a little bit, and then going back to talking about uh, online multiplayer... And especially talking about Battle Royale. So there are a few new Battle Royale games or modes within games that have been announced pretty recently. So we have the Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, we have the post-apocalyptic Fear the Wolves um, coming out as well. So we have some new ones coming out, but then we also have this news of how... Um, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, PUBG, PUBG, whatever you call it. Um, it's PUBG. Yeah, PUBG. <laughs> PUBG. No one say PUBG. <laughs> Game luster rule. We've been through PUBG. this before. It's PUBG. <laughs> but they, they've been seeing a decline in their numbers. So of obviously a very small one because they have millions of players and it went down like, you know, maybe 20,000, I think they said, 30,000 which sounds like a lot, but for them, it's not really. Um, so there's a slight decline there. There's other people getting more into it. So sort of going into everyone's opinions about, maybe not everyone's super into this, but Battle Royale and online multiplayer. 
So I've kind of expressed in the past uh, how I don't play a lot of online multiplayer games, but I am hoping to get a little bit of insight from the other people on the podcast today about this. So I'm curious if anyone thinks some questions, I guess, to think upon as you answer, like, is there a reason why PUBG is seeing a decline? Um, what's your opinion on, you know, battle royales or deathmatch, last man standing kind of games? Like, are you into them? Not so much. Do you think that, yeah, let's just start with that. If you're into them or not, and if you really think they're declining or if they're gaining steam. So let's start with Brennan. What's your opinion on what's been going on with battle royale and online multiplayer? Um, so I actually picked up PUBG, uh, I guess around when it first came out, and I've been I've been playing Daisy, both the Arma 2 mod and the kind of dissatisfying product that Daisy came to be when it was released on Steam. Um, so I'm I'm I've always been kind of inclined for that battle royale part of Daisy. I I liked being able to kill zombies with my friends, but at the same time, it was that looming threat of, but what if someone's there, you know? Um, uh, I picked up PUBG, and it was... I liked how the the matches were set. Um, you couldn't lose anything. That was a big part in Daisy. If you found a cool gun, you know, you and you died, it was like, oh, all that time was just wasted. But in PUBG, obviously, each match is reset. Uh, I think I played it for about two hours, and then just haven't touched it since. Um, I don't know exactly why, um, uh, but then a few of my friends started talking about Fortnite, and I, I started playing it, and immediately I was like, this is, this is way better of an experience, uh, mostly just because it was just so polished, and whenever I lost, uh, like a friend of mine and I started duoing together, and whenever, every time we lost, it, it ended up in us just laughing, you know, either we made a mistake, or or something crazy happened, we were, we were laughing, but whenever I played PUBG with my friends, it was like, oh, you screwed up, or like, why did you die there? But Fortnite, it just has this kind of casual atmosphere where you can just die and be like, haha, that was fun, alright, let's bop into the next, next game and start all over. Um, and I like that appeal, but I, personally, it's not something that I can spend hours playing. My little brother um, had just come into my room a couple days ago explaining to me this mm-hmm. extravagant story of how he won his first game and how him and his friends have been playing for hours and days and it was really nice to see that you could do that but personally I just I don't know I I I, I just I couldn't and with Fortnite the one thing that I don't like is the building and I know that's the whole draw but I guess it's just because I'm not good enough with it I don't really understand it and when I first hopped in, I got the, the, the pickaxe and, you know, mine for, for wood and for iron, and I was like, I've played Minecraft so much in my life. Why am I doing that again in a first-person shooter? Um, but I guess it has its, its merits and its point, but it's just, I don't know, I just wanted to shoot people. And, and then I couldn't. Um, I, I guess I'm not very good, but it was fun, but it wasn't, it wasn't meaningful or impactful at least. Um, as for why I think that PUBG is, is declining, maybe I would say that more people are f- maybe even flocking to Fortnite just because it is more polished and it is free. I think that's a huge draw. Um, you know, you don't have to shell out $30 for a game that you're going to play for two hours and never touch again. With Fortnite, it's, you download it, you play a couple matches. There's no 
you lose a couple times, there's nothing lost. Um, but with PUBG, I feel like you put money into it and you're, you're trying to win. And if you can't, it's frustrating and you've, you could potentially feel like you've wasted money playing it. But Fortnite is, it doesn't have that problem. So maybe people are just tired of uh, the, the potential cheaters um, or just the fact that they don't want to shell out money. And especially with the whole loot box scandal that's been going on lately and PUBG's constant updates and changes to the whole loot box thing. Maybe people are just tired of that. People just want a, a simple, more polished, more optimized game that you could even play on consoles. I, uh, I read that PUBG only has, or PUB, sorry. <laughs> PUBG. Uh, PUBG I'll let only. It go. <laughs> but I have been keeping track. That's true, yes. But you're PUBG new. only has an Xbox release, and apparently that's still going through its kinks. Uh, whereas Fortnite is on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and it's more open to people, um, especially, you know, people with PlayStation. Um, they're, I think Pub is losing some interest there, um, especially since I read an article before that Fortnite actually had 3.4 concurrent players, 3.4 million concurrent players at one point over this weekend. Yes. Yeah, and I thought that was, yeah, this yeah, past I thought that was Sunday. really interesting. It crashed. <laughs> yeah, they were, in their, um, in their uh, update to this story, they were even saying that they were having a lot of technical difficulties, and if anyone wanted to help out, you know, join the Epic team, you know, here's our, <laughs> here's our link, here, you join the team, and I was like, that's kind of cool. You don't see that happening. And that did, it did surpass um, the the highest concurrent players of, of PUBG, I did read. Wow. And that's like the key point. That happens at the same time that this slight decline is happening. I mean, I, I don't want to get... I mean, I think with the pub PUBG slight decline, um, we can kind of apply the, you know, the bigger they are philosophy, like how carried away should we get to this? I mean, it's so huge, one little dip, it doesn't spell the end. Like, are we ready to say, oh, that's it, it's over, just because it's so big. I think we need to see like how consistent or steady this decline is after a few months before we jump to any conclusions. Um, because, you know, let's keep in mind that it quickly, I mean, like, a, you know, I was reading a story on it at a, a VG 24-7, and the basic point that I got from that is that uh, pubs rise to popularity was unprecedented. Like, it quickly became the number one game on Steam. So let's not forget about that. I mean, for something to get so popular, you know, now there's a little dip. The first time in its less than one year history, there's a little decline. You know, do we want to just say, well, that's it. It's over. It's done. Hail to Fortnite. Like, let's wait and see how steady a decline it might be over the next few months. Then we might be able to more, more fairly judge whether this represents like a decline in PUBG and its player base, or it's just like a little, a little blip on the radar. Maybe, maybe like the Fortnite craze passes, and that could be part of what's driving it. Um, if you read, like, if you read. I think it's in, in the VG uh, 24-7 story as well, which I, I read for this. Um, like, there's a, a, a localized uh, Chinese version of Pub that came out, too, from a different publisher. So it's, it's concurrent things hitting at once. Um, let's, let's see if it passes over, you know, or not. I think we'll have a much better idea, like, by the time we get to April and May, if there's still a steady decline, that... that then we might, you know, there might be something to worry about if, um, if you're a pub. 
if it if it continues because right now it's only like two percent or something it's it's such a small amount and like you said it, it got popular so fast and everyone was just expecting it to continue that way but i think it's kind of unrealistic to expect your game to always be the top and always have everyone playing it just because when it came out it was really popular um doesn't mean it's always going to be just as popular or even just always be growing there's going to be dips in anything and if you see a pattern of you know losing two percent of players every week or something like that then i'm sure they'll think that they need to change something but for now i think there's so many factors it's hard to say why but of course we can always speculate and i mean we have opinions for reasons why maybe we personally may have stopped playing it or something so i'm glad to to hear from somebody who's played um both pub and fortnite and uh, why you switched over so that's that's pretty interesting i because i guess i've never really played any of these ones um at least these newer ones so well do you think it would be fair um to say like just at face value looking at screenshots Fortnite might generally look more fun and PUBG generally looks more like realistic and serious and maybe more people might gravitate to Fortnite for that reason as well because it's you know it's cartoony yeah it is Uh, yeah it could be um I definitely feel like there it it could depend on the person um because you know if you do want something more realistic where you know first person mode you know shoulder shoulder swapping being able to look um when, when you're looking over one shoulder and hitting a button and being able to tap to the other shoulder, something that Fortnite doesn't have, or just peeking out and leaning, and the amount of customization that PUBG has, I think it very much depends on the kind of person, because I, I don't necessarily think that one is better than the other, but they're one, I feel like Pub, or no, I feel like Fortnite might be almost easier to get into, which could lead people to go, okay, well, I like this kind of game, I like this kind of battle royale setting, let me check out PUBG. Let's see what that's all about. But um, in terms of fun factor, no, I, I think they're both fun. Um, the, the cartoony draw probably appeals to more people. Um, I don't have my little brother telling me, telling me about his PUBG adventures. I mean, more it, so his... I mean, it's just something I'm throwing out there. Like, I don't have anything to base it on. I'm just... The fact that it's free and also, like, side-by-side... You know, it's like on the most general level, realistic military versus, you know, cartoony fun. Like, I'm just thinking maybe that could be part of it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it kind of gives me, like, looking at screenshots and stuff, almost Overwatch kind of vibes. Like, you know, it's it's that kind of sort of cartoony, sort of realistic style. Obviously don't want to make a direct comparison or make anyone upset. But, like, it kind of gives me, like, similar feeling. Like, Overwatch... I think felt kind of accessible to people because of the style it had, because of how it looked. And people who maybe weren't into, like, gritty World War II games um, and first-person shooters like that, they were like, oh, Overwatch looks fun. And it was definitely, I think, very different direction for Blizzard as well. So I was really surprised when it came out. But I think that, yeah, definitely you can reach a... I feel these days a wider audience with having that style because it can draw in more people who might be intimidated 
buy like a grittier looking game even if it's just to try it and of course if it's something is free people are more willing to try it than if they have to pay for something so and and it was the same thing like with uh team fortress 2 i remember like that game it had the cartoony look it had these very um it had caricatures with very strong expressions and stuff like that i remember when it came out it was like wow this is so unlike the first team fortress and so unlike valve like what is this and it it drew my interest whereas before i had not been interested in team fortress so i don't know that's why i'm throwing it out there like with overwatch as well like you know it look just watching it it, do, it looks fun as heck like i mean so i again just something i'm throwing out there but mm-hmm. because me personally i i look at i look at pubg and again purely personal taste i can't base this on anything but i'm just i'm not drawn into it like I am when I see um, uh, Fortnite. Yeah, it's, I think it's kind of a matter of of like taste at some point, especially when games are kind of similar gameplay wise. But but yeah. I do, I mean, one more point. I mean, then again, I do prefer first person for these types of games. And as Brennan referenced, uh, PUBG has the first person view, mm. whereas Fortnite's battle royale does not, at least not as of yet. I don't believe. So you know, we basically. Like, anyone like me can sit here and nitpick, oh, cartoony, oh, free, oh, first person, you know, oh, whatever. But I think the basic point here is, again, like I said, um, like, we, we're holding Pub to a really high standard because of the precedent it set. Like, it set a really high bar for itself. So just best to keep that in mind here. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Haley? What's what's your kind of response, I guess, to what to what we've said so far? Um, I... I definitely feel like I agree with the whole um, cartoony aspect of Fortnite because, like, I don't I don't play these types of games because I have no friends. Also, I just don't like <laughs> online games. Um, but if I were to pick between the two, I feel like I'd definitely go to Fortnite. Not only because it's free, so um, it gives me like that entry in to that type of genre but also because like when i look at pubg um i feel like you're more like finger quotes hardcore players play that game like all the og players who um hopped on the bandwagon when it first came out play that and i feel like there are just like a lot of like let me figure out how to say this like 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 super are you trying to say, like, super serious people who just, they pull out the sniper and they just pick people off like nothing and they, they take it, like, super seriously and all that? Yeah. Like, I guess, like, kind of like the people who play Call of Duty. Like, they take it super seriously and, like, if you do something wrong or you mess up, like, they're they're just going to sit there and yell at you when... But when I look at Fortnite, like, I feel like it's a much more laid-back group who plays that. And that if I mess up, like, like, uh, Brennan said, like, I'm just going to be able to laugh at it because mm-hmm. not a lot of people are, are going to take it seriously. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the cartoony nature of Fortnite at all, but just from the outside looking in, that's how I see those two games. And I think you bring up a good point. I guess I might say like accessibility or something I don't know I'm also trying to think of how to phrase it but like when you look at these games like you said 
you're kind of sometimes they don't feel accessible and it can be because of how it looks or the feeling of the community and it can also um, I just thought of this because of what you said because it's been around a bit longer or something like that because when there's a um, an online multiplayer game that's been around a while it can be really hard to begin that kind of game because there's such a steep learning curve sometimes unless they've put in something in there to help new players like you can just you'll start playing the game you get stomped on and die over and over and over and keep failing and you're like well I don't want to play this this isn't fun for me and I feel like there's this sort of intimidation factor about going up against people who have had it since it first came out and thinking well how am I going to compete with these people who've been playing it for so long and I think that's how some of these games can kind of lose steam Um, again just kind of I guess my opinion on it I think they can kind of lose steam because they have this core community but it's hard to get into that it's hard to break in because not only because they've they've been playing together a while you've got these groups of people it's like you know almost like clicky kind of thing but then it's also just you're not as good as them and it's obviously understandable if you're new but if people aren't understanding of that or if you feel like inferior in the game and you're not feeling like you're advancing fast enough and you're probably just going to drop it and I think that's happened to me a couple times with games where I was like I really want to get into this but it's been out a month and everyone's already better than me so I'm just not going to even try which is why I think I'm hesitant to play sort of online multiplayer games um like this or uh, I always wanted to play the Star Wars Battlefront the original one and also the new one but I felt like well I'm going into it late I'm gonna suck and I don't want to be the one person who sucks so I guess I'll just not really play it much maybe I'll just see if I can play something on my own and I don't know I feel there's probably at least a group of people who probably feel that same way if they especially if they've never really played any battle royale game something that looks accessible and feels accessible and is new so you have this feeling like i'm starting with everyone else i feel like people will kind of naturally be more drawn to that at least uh, the newer audience i think that's a good point um but to almost fortnite's uh not, not to take away from Fortnite, but the whole building thing, as I mentioned before, um, that has a very mm-hmm. clear feature in the game where people will throw up walls for defense or mobility, and because I know nothing about building, or even because I might not even want to partake in it, I still find myself being stomped by people that actually know what they're doing anyway. Um, so as, as approachable as it may seem, I still... Mm-hmm. I still can't seem to break through that you know, top eight teams or whatever. I still find people using the features that the game has to its advantage. I'm like, I just, I just want to shoot people. I don't want to have to shoot your house that you made and try to, you know, get around it only to die instantly. <laughs> um, it's just. Yeah. I guess that can kind of branch off into another, I guess, another half of the discussion I was thinking about is how this compares to other online multiplayer experiences. Because I feel like um, with the recent surge in Battle Royale games and um, 
deathmatch games, Last Man Standing, all these, they've been getting more and more popularity. Lots of newer games are coming out with modes. Um, as I mentioned before, like Red Dead 2. And I don't know, I kind of, I'm curious what the experience is like and if people think it's better, worse, or equal to other forms of online multiplayer that we've seen in the past because this is very like first person shooter multiplayer um but then you know you compare it to other things like i don't know playing racing games or playing um skyrim or world of warcraft or or playing bloodborne or there's all these different types of multiplayer these days and i'm wondering if people have opinions about like what's their favorite type of multiplayer and how these types compare uh, if if it is their favorite or not and if not why it isn't their favorite form of multiplayer interaction compared to other games that have that so i don't know if anyone has i don't know a piece to say about that well i mean like on you mentioned deathmatch uh, of course in reference uh, to what i was talking of um mm-hmm. and like in the case of quake champions that was actually more of a throwback because like the arena style or the the twitch shooter arena style shooter that like the original Quake One's deathmatch multiplayer or like Quake Three Arena that came out in in ninety nine was um that kind of, that's that's kind of been away it's been dormant for a long time and um, Quake Live which launched in two thousand eight it was like a, a browser based free to play version of Quake Three was like revitalizing uh, the Twitch arena shooter like um like quake and then there have been others like reflex arena or i think toxic is the name of it other games on steam that have tried to revitalize that um arena based deathmatch multiplayer that that didn't go anywhere they just didn't have enough players so quake champions is like it's the first big revitalization of the arena twitch shooter deathmatch of quake and like anyone like me going into it like quake champions you immediately feel this is quake 3 and a new engine so like on the subject of that kind of online multiplayer while all this is going on with um pubg and and fortnite and mobas and overwatch and stuff like that i kind of see quake champions as like a little oasis i can go to to take me back to you know arena base deathmatch uh twitch shooters and all that and i'm i'm not pro good at it i might not even be regular person good at it but <laughs> i play a lot of it and and i do have fun so um just to sort of to clear it up that like the the deathmatch in in quake champions like that's kind of that's kind of anomalous i guess would be the best way to put it um and and like in this in this sea of mobas for instance it it stands on its own but it's interesting though because um they do in court with the champions and you know quake champions with the champions characters um it and bethesda have kind of incorporated some modern multiplayer elements into it it's not like quake live was in 2008 just pure deathmatch or pure quake you know as i referenced each character in quake champions has a passive and an active ability um so they do in the and there are loot boxes and stuff like that so even though they incorporate some of that stuff into it it still is at its core well, Quake 3 in a new engine. And how do you feel, I guess, it in that kind of experience of playing 
I don't know, compares to deathmatch style playing, like interacting with people online and and how it, like how much you enjoy it and everything. I mean, you've been talking about Quake, so I'm I'm guessing that you prefer that, but I don't want to just make assumptions. Yeah. But I'm guessing you prefer that, so I'm wondering if there's reasons maybe that you say you might prefer it to more battle royale well like uh like with battle royale what you have is a huge open space set outdoors and that leads to like snipers um military you know the prone position the crouch position and all that whereas with quake champions you have the arena this this closed indoors place that's abstract like the maps in PUBG, they're they're not abstract. You have it's like a real world location. I mean, they're based on real world locations. Um, I I guess you couldn't really say the same for Fortnite. Um, but you get the idea. Like, in in Quake Deathmatch, you have these enclosed to real arenas, and with with their jump pads and everything, I just I prefer that. And also in Quake, like a key is that you just keep moving. Um, and that's not true across the board. Not at all. Not not in like one-on-one pro play, but in the typical deathmatch, you want to keep moving and jumping and, and rocket jumping and, and all that, whereas that that just doesn't seem to be the case in Battle Royale games. Like, And again, like you give me, you have the open world, real real world setting, open sky, all that, versus the enclosed, indoors, surreal arena. Well, I prefer the latter. Yeah. So it's kind of aesthetic, I guess. A little bit of aesthetics, a little bit of preferred play style. And I don't... I'm not certain if you can rocket jump in PUBG or Fortnite. Can you? Um, I don't know about Fortnite. I definitely died to many rocket launchers in Fortnite, but I don't know if you can rocket jump. It'd be good to try out next time. <laughs> You'll have to, have to try it out and let him know. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't die beforehand? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well then, Brennan, what do you think? What do you, how do you think Battle Royale kinds of multiplayer compares to others that you've tried similar or very different ones of online multiplayer but how do you think it kind of compares do you prefer it or not prefer it um i definitely think it has its place um when i saw that the announcement that red dead redemption 2 was going to have a battle royale mode i kind of rolled my eyes and went really another one like i i i don't (laughs) I don't want to see something like that happening to an effect of uh, the, the Paladins game versus Overwatch, where the Paladins game was released uh, very close to Overwatch and was just stomped in comparison. Um, I or, or Gearbox's what was Gearbox's game? Uh, I, I, Do you I remember, can't remember like, the name of that one uh, either. Battleborn or Battle? Uh, I can't. I'd have to look oh, it Battle- up. Battleborn? Yeah. Was that it? I think so. I, honestly, that's a testament to it, though. You know, something like that is just... Yeah, that we can't, yeah I can't remember the title. <laughs> it's just either. oversaturated. True. That is a good touche. But, like, you, you, don't, you don't remember it. Um, so I, It was Battleborn, by the way. I just looked it up. Nice. But, yeah, I, I don't... I don't see... I see that as a... In, in terms of Red Dead Redemption 2, I see that as a cool little mode, but not a huge draw. Like, I don't see people going... I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 2 just to play the Battle Royale. Um, so I think it's kind of strange that AAA developers or, or bigger games are trying to hop on that bandwagon, albeit a little too late. But in terms of Battle Royale compared to other kinds of multiplayer games, I think it certainly has 
its place, and it's, I think that it would be very different enough, um, but at the same time, I can't really see myself, like, if, uh, if Halo or Battlefield were to have a mode such as that, and I was even going to ask Trevor before how he felt if Quake had some kind of equivalent, but then I kind of stopped myself and said, I don't think it would, I don't, I don't see, you know, one, one player standing above all and everyone else watching it to be like, oh yeah, who's going to win this round? rather than just being like, all right, no, I want to keep playing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that Battle Royale games are for me personally. I think it's fun every now and then, and it's not certainly something that I would play by myself. Um, it would. The only reason I have been playing Fortnite is when my friend goes, you know, hey, you want to play Night? And I go, yeah, I guess. Um, but that's about it. You know, we play for an hour, and, and then I get bored of it. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to stick to my MOBAs. Uh, well, MOBA, just League of Legends. Um Dota 2 is way too complex for me. Um, yeah, no, I I certainly think it has its place, but I, it's not my kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's one of those things where it is, I don't know, it's an acquired taste, and not everyone's... Obviously, enough people, there's, you know, about 4 million people playing these games, so it's not like they need to be concerned, but, you know, it's, it might not be for everyone, and, you know, I think... It's interesting seeing how multiplayer games are kind of changing over time, evolving over time, compared to other ones as well, or other styles. I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm, because I'm not really into online multiplayer with people I don't know, my favorite version of online multiplayer, actually, is the system that they have in like Bloodborne Mm, and I like how they have it that way if you need help because it's too difficult you ask someone and someone can be like oh sure I'll help you and you play together you wave you say goodbye there's no chat there's you know there's no calling people there's no texting each other and it's just oh man I wish I had a buddy to help me with this boss and then you just put down something hey someone help me and someone responds And, you know, you can also fight each other as well. But I loved that kind of interaction because it allowed me to play by myself when I wanted. And it's not two separate things. It's not like, oh, do you want to play story mode or do you want to play multiplayer? And they're completely different levels or experiences. It was like, just go about your business. If you need help, you can get help. People can leave clues for you if there's something secret. Or try to get you to jump off a cliff, making you think there's a secret, you know. fun stuff like that but I when I saw that I was like wow I wish a lot more games would I don't know employ this kind of system because I really loved it and you know I played World of Warcraft I have for years and years and years and you know I've had all kinds of different interactions on there but you know there was a time where I just went questing there was back in Wrath uh, there was a lot of group quests and you had to have at, at least three people to do it. It would be basically impossible by yourself. And I didn't have anyone I know online, and I was just trying to get my dailies done. And I found this group of people, and we played, we did all the quests for the day, had a good time, and said goodbye. And it was one of the best online experiences I've ever had. And so I think... I always think of multiplayer as this sort of, I don't know, community thing or this helping thing and, or do something where I'm just, I'm playing 
online, but with people I know. Like if I play, if I go to dungeons in WoW, or if I play Heroes of the Storm, or anything like that, even if I were to play Overwatch, I just want it to be at least half the group people that I know, because that makes me more comfortable. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around Battle Royale, even if that makes me sound weird or something, but it's like, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it, because I'm like, I don't know, it's just, I can't imagine playing it by myself, and it seems like most people play it with friends, but like, I can't imagine just going in it by myself with these people, and the whole goal is like, to destroy the other people, or something like that, but I don't know. But I, I mean, I do enjoy, I did enjoy doing arenas in WoW, but that was with my friends, so I guess if it's a similar feeling to when I used to do PvP arenas, or um, Battlegrounds in WoW, that was always fun. Uh, but I know it's it's not going to be exactly the same. So I, I've been thinking, because people have been talking about it so much, that I want to try it out just to see, form a, a, I don't know, opinion after I've actually tried it. But from what I've heard and seen, I don't think it's my cup of tea. But I'm kind of hoping now to try out at least one of these Battle Royales that's either coming out or has been out just so I can form a better opinion about it. But I would say I probably, I prefer the limited and more, I don't know, team effort approach to multiplayer. I don't like being attacked by other people. I like to work together with other people, if that makes any sense. But I don't want to hog all of the (laughs) airtime because we still... Um, have some other opinions if anyone wants to add to anything. I don't think Haley has said anything about how you feel about multiplayer, like Battle Royale versus other online. Just a little. She she just said a little earlier, I believe, so. Yeah, so um, maybe you could talk a bit more if, since you've mentioned how you're not really into that. Maybe you can just expand on why you think it doesn't really appeal to you and why you might prefer a different form of multiplayer um i guess it doesn't really appeal to me because like i i just don't have friends who plays the play those sort of games like besides my boyfriend and his friend group like all my close friends would rather play single player games or mm-hmm. stuff like the sims that's no fun or like that, like that's just that's my friend group um and like personally like just just multiplayer games have just never been my thing like i if i'm gonna play a multiplayer game i would rather play in person with my friends rather than um online with a whole bunch of people that i don't know because i i don't want to get yelled at for doing something wrong but i also don't want to sit there and die and die and die and die and die repeatedly because i'm only going to get (laughs) mad at myself and then i'm just going to walk away and never touch it again do your friends know that fortnite is free they and quake champions is free to play as well by the way there is the early access pack but like that is we were touching up before that is like a, a legit draw like I mean, if if you have friends who don't play online multiplayer games, like you can say, "Hey, it's free. We can play with each other, etc." I like I've definitely told them that it's free, um, but I also feel like it's just one. It's not their cup of tea, but also like my friend group is a whole bunch of broke college students who 
game on their laptops and our laptops might not well it's be, free though it, it might be free but like <laughs> our laptops might not be the best to be able to run it and our college wi-fi is pretty decent but it also goes down and you have to figure like the apartment complex that i live in has somewhere between 200 to 500 people living in it sitting on the wi-fi all at once um so it's it's a whole bunch of personal factors that factor into it rather than like the game factors of why we don't play but now you have all of your buddies at Game Luster who play. So. <laughs> yes. And by the way, can we do a currently playing of the future? Can that be a thing? Ooh, I like that. I mean, you're the host. It's your call. But I'm just saying. Currently playing of the future. Like, if you got back to me in 24 hours, this is what I'm currently playing. It's up to you. I mean, it could be kind of a convoluted topic. It could be pretty interesting, though. Maybe in the future. Because I'm just saying, if you did get back to me tomorrow night, I would be able to say that I have been playing Fortnite on the PS4 with Game Luster writer Sean. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm, if anyone wants to join us, you know. Oh, I see. It's going to be around 2, 3, 2 or 3 Central U.S. time. <laughs> we can just, we could do like a, I'm going to be on this server at this time, on this day, come and play with, like, Come and play with me, so that's creepy, but <laughs> come and join the game. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. We're not scary. We promise. I'm diving in. I'm diving in for the first time. And I guess, hey, in Battle Royale, you literally do dive in. Sorry. <laughs> I, mm, I couldn't help it. I think that'd be fun. Maybe in the future we can say when we're going to be online and certain games that we're planning on playing soon and maybe some people can join us that could be fun and then talk about it later what the experience was like but yeah you you have you have your buddies at you know at game luster now they can if you ever feel like maybe i'll try it out maybe we can like all get together and play it or something i think that would definitely be fun i i definitely want to add that with all the triple a titles that are adding um the sort of mode into it i feel like once i find a mode or a game that has the mode um that is in some sort of genre that i like i feel like i'll be more inclined to play it because i i was looking up articles on this topic because i since i don't play these games i don't really know anything about them um, but I just saw an article on Destructoid that there's a Dark Souls-inspired um, multiplayer survival game that's about to come out oh, um, fun. with a Battle Royale mode. So I feel like one of the reasons why these are so popular and they're catching on is because they're not all the same. Yeah, they have the same mode, but mm-hmm. they're all becoming their own individual thing and tailoring to different audiences. So I feel like that might be why this is on the rise. I'd mm-hmm. like to get other people's opinions. Yeah, I think as as the as it expands, people are coming out with new ones. Like I mentioned at the beginning, we have um, Fear the Wolves coming out. And I think that one looks fun. That might be one I, w- I would try. Because I'm super into that sort of post-apocalyptic feel in the games that I play. So I think 
if I were to pick one, maybe it would be that. And if you find one that appeals to you, I don't know, aesthetically or just in the type of games that you tend to like, yeah, it could definitely draw more people in or change their opinion about it. Yeah, they're, they're pub clones. You know, like, like Doom clones back in the day, you would have games... Mm-hmm completely different aesthetics but they ran exactly like doom i mean that's what this is yeah so maybe maybe people will appreciate the clones a bit more and you know as new ones come out they kind of tweak things and make it a bit better uh multiplayer i feel is always they're always trying to add things to improve um like i remember back when it was like people would fight over who got the last hit um, when I would play League a long time ago. And I was a very short stint, but it'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe you took the last hit on that guy. And like everyone's mad at you and all this stuff. And and um, I think Heroes was the first, one of the first ones where they just made group experience and then League followed shortly after. And that helped a lot with like people not arguing. A huge one I was I was talking to my brother about recently is when World of Warcraft changed their loot system from a, a role system to a individual loot system. Because it used to be you go through a dungeon or a raid, and if you need rolled it something, and you want it, and people would get so mad at you for taking the gear. And they'd be like, I can't believe you did a need roll on that. You're not even a tank spec. And I would get yelled at, all the time by people for like getting a higher role than them and eventually they were like okay now you know everyone gets individual loot you don't have you have to fight over it there's no rolling and it made it so much easier because <laughs> now if you get a good weapon or you get a good item people are just like oh man i'm jealous but they're not like i hate you i can't believe you rolled a 90 or something like that and it's kind of changed how people play that so I think any any improvements they can make, I mean, should happen and are going to happen. And as these new ones come out, I hope people can put their own sort of twist or spin on Battle Royale. And they won't, yeah, that they'll improve and not just all be the same, I don't know, interface and everything. But, yeah, so I'm... I'm excited to see how it changes. It seems like uh, most of us aren't super into Battle Royale, but... It's still an interesting topic, I hope, uh, for everyone to think about. And does anybody have any final things they want to say about the topic before we sign off? Anything you've been been going around in your head you want to say before we leave? It seems like we all have thin skin. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, every one of us. I just like playing with friends. I just like playing on my own. I don't like getting yelled at. Like... I don't know, I've been kind of feeling bad about the Game Luster staff now, like we're all just a bunch of little (laughs) jelly-spined weaklings. (laughs) I guess you need thick skin to play online, basically. Uh, Yeah, you really need to have, like, a, like, I don't give a single shit attitude to play these games, because, yeah, I, I have very thin skin, I will admit it. I'm like butterfly wings. I think playing League helps a lot with that. You'd have people coming up with the worst insults. And one of my favorite responses is just saying, okay. Like, they just, they, they, they say the, the most terrible things, and you just reply with, okay. And it just, it, it drives them insane. They're like, wait, that didn't hurt him? Oh my goodness. Like, he's actually... 
You're like giving people bullying advice right now. Yeah, like, like no just... matter what the bullies say, you just you just ignore them. Just, okay, man. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the input. That's it. They just want a reaction. Yeah, it's just it's it's easy. As in terms of uh, your friends yelling at you, yeah, that still hurts. <laughs> that, that, that's the worst. <laughs> It's a little worse if your friend's just like, I hate you, and then, like, you have to still see them the next day in class or something. You play a bunch of League, you can work in customer service forever. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people who work in customer service can play League, no problem. The, yes, they could play League. No problem. Yeah. They're just like, eh, nothing bothers me anymore. That's what bothered me about Dota. I hopped in one game, and in the all chat, I was like, where's the button to recall? And people on the enemy team were like, just uninstall the game, dude. Just don't just don't play this game ever again. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm uninstalled mid-match. Just, okay, bye. Yeah, really, like, jeez. My, my team, the enemy team, nine people were on me. They were like, go back to League, you idiot. I'll like, just oh, die man. then. I, that's, that's why I like Dark Souls and Bloodborne Online. The worst they can do is make, like, a rude gesture at you. <laughs> like, eh, whatever. I think I think that about wraps it up. I don't think anyone has much more to say about the topic, at least for now. Maybe after some of these have released, or I don't know. Maybe uh, PUBG is gonna just like go out of business suddenly, and we'll talk about it. Who knows? You never know. But uh, at least for today, I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion. Um, it was great hearing everyone's opinion on it and what everyone's been playing. So. Why don't we sign off here with some closing words of wisdom or any sort of social plug, social media plug you want to put in here. So let's go around. Let's start with Haley. I'll go with words of wisdom. And right. don't get headshot by any snipers in PUBG that might also be hackers. Watch out for those hackers. <laughs> All right. And Trevor. Nothing beats classic deathmatch. <laughs> Alright, and Brennan. I'm going to say it again. If anyone says anything mean to you online, just say okay. That's it. That's all you have to say back. Is burning down their house also an okay response? Uh, yeah. Well, sure. Let's go with it. Yeah, why not? Yes. But after you say it, okay. Okay, now I want to play online. Might be a little passive aggressive. Okay, um, I'm going to do... I'm going to do the uh, quick draw thing here and just say if Uh-oh. you uh, want to find me online anywhere, any platform basically, you can find me at Kimchi Christy, K-I-M-C-H-I-K-R-I-S-T-Y. And final departing word of wisdom is please don't camp people in games because it sucks and it's a dick move. So thank you everyone for listening today and thank you uh, Brennan and Haley and Trevor and for being here today. And this is Christine signing off for the Game Luster Podcast. See you next time.